If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adelie Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma-fucking-Gettys. Let's him host. How you doing, Bless? Doing good, Tim. How are you doing? Fantastic. Tuesday. Doesn't feel like a Tuesday. What does it know? feel like to you? I mean, it feels more like a Thursday, I would say, mm-hmm. which is not quite. I mean, we usually week, don't host on Tuesdays. That might the be thing. It. We that usually host it. on Thursdays. There we go. That's why, just, why I'm feeling like it that. on the in, on the inside. But I am excited because I feel like we have a good show ahead of us. Oh yeah. We sat down at this desk this morning and I was like, "We're gonna make a show." Oh yeah, we're gonna make a show, Tim. And I want to start off with a question mm. that is not game related, but okay. it was one that I was pondering this morning. Who do you think is gonna have the bigger year between Pedro Pascal mm. of The Last of Us mm-hmm. and The Mandalorian mm-hmm. and Jonathan Majors? Yeah. Of Ant-Man. Yeah. And Loki. And the, Mandalor- and the Mandalorian. I think the answer is me oh, no, and you. no, not Mandalorian. Creed 3, that's what me, me and you, Bless. Being able to enjoy and take it all. We're in. all winners here. We're all, we're all we're, we're the winners here. here. Yeah, man. No, I think we're, we're, uh, we have a lot of really, really cool special things ahead of us. Obviously, Last of Us Episode 1, you can watch our reaction over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, the Screencast podcast feed. Um, we're going to be doing that every week. Loving Pedro's uh, performance there. Barrett and I are about to react to the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer after it's been Games so Daily. so hard not to watch it, too. I know. It really has. But I'm expecting great things from him there. The Creed 3 trailer looks fantastic. I've not Jonathan. seen the trailer yet. Oh. I've just seen the posters with his muscles, oh. and that's all I needed. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. watching the hell out of this. Yeah, honestly, at this point, like, I, I think you should just hold off. Just watch the movie. Just, right. just watch it. I know, that, I know my, uh, uh, my guy Sylvester Stallone isn't in it. He's not. He's not. But, like, no. I still got my guy Michael B. Jordan. Yo, he's in it. Going up against Jonathan Majors. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be wild. And then yeah, Ant Man next month. We are that doesn't literally a month away to to the day from Ant Man Quantumania, the beginning of Phase Five of the MCU. Where are you at with how good that movie is gonna be? Because this is a conversation (sighs) we had on the Next Gen podcast where we on the Next Gen podcast this last one we did a movie draft that's similar to our video game Fantasy Critic, but it's for movies. Uh, And what and we do it based off of Rotten Tomato scores. I drafted Ant-Man Quantumania, and those are back and forth about, like, is it going to be good? Is it going to live up? Is it going to be better than the other two Ant-Man movies? I'm feeling really good about it because it is Kang, and it is, like, you imagine that they're, they're going to murk <laughs> uh, Ant-Man. Like, that. I think I think if they nail it, it's going to be fantastic, right? But, like, what? how does it compare to the other ones in terms of what it's trying to live up to? I mean, uh, if you were to ask me two years ago, one year ago, anywhere in there, what my hype levels were for the upcoming slate. I, I said on one of the shows that we did on one of the um, interview preview things that this is my number one most hyped Ant-Man Quantumania mm-hmm. because everything we've heard about it, knowing that Kang's really going to be introduced, like Kang the Conqueror is going to be introduced in this. Um, I was like, wow, they're, they're taking this really seriously. Um, Peyton Reed talking about how, the director, talking about how they're going in a much darker direction and that clearly we can see that. Um, I was really excited for the prospect of this, not only starting phase five and like being that real shift of solidifying what we've seen in phase four, the kind of disparate stories that we've had, bringing them all together, moving towards the, uh, a, a more clear uh, conclusion. Um, seeing Ant-Man 1 and 2 being more on the light 
hearted side. And then Thor 1 and 2 being more on the dark side, Ragnarok being like the more upbeat, bright version that we all loved. Mm. I know I really, really like and I'd say love the Ant-Man movies, but they're low on the MCU list overall, right? I know a lot of people really don't like the Ant-Man movies. I don't quite get that, but I think that both of us, both sides of that, can be excited for a serious, more dark Ant-Man story, and that's what Quantumania seems like it could be. Watching the first trailer, I was like, okay. Everything I'm saying goes out the window. I'm not super sure they're going to pull this off. Um, but seeing the second trailer, I was like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? My 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 uh, hype is 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 back. I'm not it's like back. through the moon, through the roof. I'm like the kick did it for me. It was the axe kick <laughs> down on a man's face that did it for me. I was gotcha. like, all right, gotcha. This, this is gonna be the one. I think I, I think this is gonna be a good movie. But yeah, I'm 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 very excited for oh, one God. month from now. We will be doing an Ant Man rewatch leading into Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. There you go. So stay tuned for that, Tim. For now. Enough about movies. Let's talk about video Let's games. About video games. Today's stories include Suicide Squad leaks, Fire Emblem Engage reviews, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content Housekeeping for you, our Last of Us HBO Episode 1 review is up right now on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. And Tim, is that one worth a dollar? Oh, it's worth a dollar, baby. Yeah, go check that out. Uh, of course, thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by the kind of funny Patreon, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen! Starting with our number one. Suicide Squad leaks. They're happening. Uh, there's an image that appears to confirm a battle pass and more. I'm reading from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. A leaked Suicide Squad image has confirmed plans for live service game elements such as a battle pass. The image, which originated on, on the 4chan forum and has been verified by a VGC source, is understood to originate from a recent test build and shows various menus planned for the Rocksteady co-op game. The battle pass and multiple currencies shown in the image have inspired debate on social media about how extensive the live service elements will be for the title. However, a development source told VGC that while a battle pass is planned for the game, it will be focused on cosmetic items such as skins. In addition, the various currencies shown at the top of the leaked image are understood to be XP used to power up and customize the skill trees of each anti-hero, effectively making them unique to the player. Quote, you don't start off debuffed and weak, uh, VGC was told. Quote, you just start off great and get ridiculous like Arkham Knight's Batman. End <laughs> quote. Tim, a battle pass in Suicide Squad, what does that do for you? I mean, this isn't a surprise at all. It's kind of what we expected from everything we've seen of this game and known about this game. It's still a bummer to hear, you know, yeah. and, I, and this isn't official, but like, let's be real. This is probably real. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's not what the people that would be looking forward to a rock steady DC based game the majority of them would be wanting. I'm sure there's people out there that this is for, but hey, the Avengers had Greg Miller. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but the, like, Avengers the, the, also... the Avengers is like the comparison that scares people, right? Where it's like, 
That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. It's like the Avengers had one person and it was Greg. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Avengers should have had all of us. Mm. It should have had the world and it didn't. And I think that this is a, a very DC move where it's like the Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. At least the Justice League's in the title somewhere, right? Mm. Like, is this what the majority of the people want to be playing and want to be doing with from a Rock City game? I don't know. It is an interesting thing to point out. Like, they've done Batman a million times. So, doing something different. Hey, cool. It's different. Um, Harley Quinn, obviously a huge character. Like, one of the biggest DC characters, I would say, in terms of uh, recognizability, right? At this point, I think popularity right now, probably sure. up there in like top five. Like, let's think about this. We have Batman, Batman Superman, Batman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Harley Quinn, Joker. I mean, I'll put Joker before Harley Quinn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Together, No, just, but, just yeah. that list, that five. Like, am I missing something? I think that is the. I most... think bet- between Birds of Prey, between the recent Suicide Squad, between the Harley Quinn show, yeah, Harley Quinn is up there. I would say top five for sure, yeah. at least right now in pop culture. So with that, it's like I understand. The marketing of this i understand like the the why um but you look at this and it's like yo this is going to be a tough sell and like we look at what was the last game that we were, we heard things about and we're seeing and we're like ah this doesn't seem like the thing gotham knights yeah and here we are right and like granted this is rock steady but crystal dynamics was crystal dynamics bro coming off a of tomb raider <laughs> That's that's the scary thing about this is uh, when we did our PSW versus Xcast uh, draft episode. One of the things that came up was Suicide Squad and our expected our expectations for Suicide Squad. And I think a lot of us came came away with it with the thought of, oh, this is Rocksteady, right? Like Rocksteady has they, they have created incredible Batman games. They know what they're doing, right? This is slightly different from Gotham Knights, where it is WB Montreal, which doesn't have as much of the pedigree there as something like Rocksteady. Let's give this the space. Let's hope for it. Let's hope that that it's good. I think there are also just the question marks of, all right, we know it's multiplayer. Is it live service? How live is it? Is it games of service? Like, what are the levels to this? And I don't think just having a battle pass automatically makes you a games of service or a live service, but it is a step. It right? is, it is yeah. a step in a direction that, that I don't think players expected or want from this game. Right? Like, I think we're looking forward to playing with friends. We're looking forward to co-op. But I think... When you look at the bear, if you're able to bring back, uh, back up that screenshot, when you look at that screenshot and you see the characters in the background and you see the menus and you see the currencies at the top, I get so much Marvel's Avengers vibes from this. And I would say that to the question of, is this what the audience wants from, from this game? I don't think no. You know, like, I don't know. I don't think people wanted that from Avengers. If Avengers did it and they did it super well and it worked, then maybe it'd be a different thing. But I think you are, start. I, I think you're with, with this, you're starting from a place of, Okay, people don't want this. How do we convince convince them on this? And I get worried about the fact that we've not heard them br- break this down that much uh, in the marketing of the game so far. So far, it's been cutscenes. So far, it's been um, some gameplay stuff, but we haven't seen them deep dive at all into. Hey, this is how multiplayer works. Hey, this is how the battle pass is going to go. Hey, this is our vision for the live service aspect of this game. And I think they got to do that sooner than later because if it is a thing that sneaks up on us and it's like, oh, this has a battle pass. By the time we get there. I don't think it's going to bode well for the way that people receive the game. I'm not too concerned about that because I feel like the this is one of those games that got caught in the marketing era of the pandemic where I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been debuted uh, as early as it had been um, in a normal time. Like I think that the, the debut announcement to release would have been a much shorter timeline. Um, so it kind of creates this weird situation that they're in where I imagine we'll get those deep dive things. We'll get the explanations of what actually is this game. So everything we've gotten so far have just been kind of like style pieces and kind of like tonal things of like, this is what you can expect from the vibe of this game. Um, but we're so, also, we're four months out, man. Yeah, and but that's the thing is like, they, I, I imagine in the next, 
I imagine this leaks for a reason. Let me let me say that, okay. right? Like, I think that in the next couple weeks, we'll probably get something from this. Also, remember that um, the James Gunn DC Films news is supposed to happen very soon, like within the next month um, to some extent. What does that look like? We don't know. Could that be a surprise uh, fandom? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if DC did something where it's like, hey, even if it was just we're going to do a day of announcements like Disney Plus does on Twitter, where it's like, stay tuned to DC's Twitter for uh, game announcements, movie announcements, TV announcements, like all that stuff. Because James Gunn's taking care of the whole thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not just movies. So, But Barrett, you're my Batman Arkham guy. What, yeah. what does this do for you? <laughs> exactly. Sigh. Just a yeah, sigh. It's, it, it's one of those things like, yeah, like the... You know, all signs were kind of pointing to this. There were rumors that it was going to be games as a service, I think, like a year or two ago. And it was uh, for me, it was like, I'll believe it when I see it because it's rock steady. Maybe they're maybe games as a service is the only like the closest way to describe what they're trying to do. Seeing this and granted, it's only a screenshot, but seeing this, it, it, it feels like they're chasing something rather than trying to be the trendsetters, which disappoints me for Rocksteady, right? They're, they're chasing the, you know, let's uh, get a squad up. Let's have all of these different currencies. Let's have a battle pass and stuff like that. And that's just that in and of itself that just kind of bums me out with Rocksteady because there was a, a time where, you know, they weren't chasing other things. They were trying to innovate and create something completely new for the superhero genre. And so, this just doesn't this doesn't scream to me that which is just kind of disappointing mm. granted well maybe the gameplay is fun maybe there's a killer story in there and stuff like that but just uh, on a design standpoint i'm a, i'm a little i'm a little worried bear Courtney. Uh, d- uh timothy Gettys. Tim Gettys. i have a question for you that i almost don't want to ask you cuz i don't want to hurt you <laughs> do you think that this game's going to be better than gotham knights if it's worse we're Man, you just broke them. the fact that you, you have to hesitate, him. dude. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 like my in my heart of hearts, like Paris was saying when we did the draft last week, it's like it's it's rock steady. We gotta believe in rock steady, but there's also been shakeups in rock steady in the last like six months. We don't know why that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been eight years since Batman Arkham Knight, yeah. right? And you're talking about a rock steady that's, that's probably so not that true, same man. rock steady anymore. You know, people change, studios change, and evolve. Rocks aren't like, steady. Yeah, like this is. If you had told me after Arkham Knight that the next Rocksteady game is going to be a Suicide Squad game that's going to be online connected battle, it's going to have a battle pass, and you're going to play as King Shark and Boomerang Man, I'd be like, all right, like I guess, right? Like that. This this seems like a different type of game for them, and maybe they maybe they nail it, right? I think best case scenario is the battle pass stuff is just cosmetic, and it is extra stuff, right? It is it isn't the core of the experience. The core of the experience is. All right, mission based. You're hopping into missions with friends. You're going through, it, and it feels more like a Borderlands than yeah. than a than a Marvel's Avengers. I think that's best case scenario. My question is like, is this still that same Rocksteady that has Dude, the same talent? I mean, it, it's such a good question to ask. And like talking about Rocksteady, I feel like there's a blessing show topic here somewhere uh, that I'd like you to do investigative research into because I don't want to. But <laughs> um, Rocksteady is such a unique developer in terms of their successes and where they're at in 2023 that the only other team that comes to mind is retro right where they they came out with the metroid prime trilogy and absolutely killed it and it was awesome and then there was like a a big gap 
And eventually they did the Donkey Kong Country Returns and uh, Tropical Freeze, which were also incredible games. We never got that from Rocksteady, right? And the timing was a little bit off in terms of the generation, Metroid Prime being uh, a generation earlier than uh, Rocksteady started. But it's interesting that I would have never thought that we would have a seven-year gap of Rocksteady games, right? Mm -hmm. Like when Arkham Knight came out, Felt like we were like, oh, within three years, we'll have the next Rocksteady game. Whether it's Batman or not, it felt like it probably wouldn't be just because there's a tendency for trilogies to be the, the answer to things um, in any media, really. Uh, so I don't know. It's like just it's kind of weird that there are these two different teams out there that have similar stories that are, are renowned and haven't put anything out that's even close to like, okay. Everything's been a banger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see, man. Like, we're going to get a retro game someday, right? We're going to... I forget. Day. Is retro still working on Metroid Prime? Is that their yeah. their thing? Because yeah, they, they Metroid Prime got moved over to them. Mm -hmm. We'll see Metroid Prime someday. Yeah. You know? We will. We'll hopefully on a Switch and Pro. we'll see this one hopefully. sooner than that. And we'll see Suicide Squad uh, in the I'll spring, say, a few Tim, months away. You're, you're really fucking with me on the... Could this be somehow I, worse than Gotham Knights. I think Knights, this will be better than Gotham Knights. I'll put that out there. All I'll say, to pull the curtain back a little bit, there might be a script that the tone might need to change that this game is somehow worse than Gotham Knights. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Oh. I will, and I will say, to you know, to throw this game some bail, I did. I have liked what we've seen of, like, the cinematic trailers oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the interaction I, again, with the Justice I'm, League. I'm hopeful for... <laughs> But here's the thing, bless fuck. I said this about Gotham Knights. I'm hopeful for the story. And if that's where I'm at with this game, man, like, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I just want to live La Vida Loca. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's that's my <sighs> if only goal. If they have goal. a live in La Vida Loca moment in this fucking game, maybe it's they the can suicide. It's the Suicide uh, Squad. It fits the Suicide Squad, though. But you know that, I mean? that scene in Gotham Knights was Harley Quinn. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Damn. And it was bad. Oh, man. I want to bring in a question from Connor C, who wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, and says, with Suicide Squad killed at Justice League being rumored to be a games as a service title, what do you think is the biggest lesson and takeaway Rocksteady should learn slash take from Marvel's Avengers? I personally hope it's not as repetitive and can actually bring variety to the gameplay. Thanks, and have a great week, everyone. Connor C. What can Suicide Squad learn from Avengers? I mean, it, uh, man, I don't know. Here's what I'll say. I, I really enjoyed the campaign, the story campaign for yeah. Marvel's Avengers. I think it was a really interesting way to explore those characters. I love how they uh, did Kamala Khan and made her the, the main character, essentially. I liked the different unexpected things that they did in terms of introducing the characters. I still think back to the scene with Iron Man where, like, he's doing stuff out with, like, his makeshift Iron Man suit, and he's basically not even wearing a suit. That stuff, I was like, that's super cool. The stuff with Captain America where you go a long way to find Captain America, I thought that shit was really dope. I want moments like that, but with the Justice League. If it is, you're going to to Star Labs to hit up the Flash, or like, and you have a cool moment there, or you know, you do something cool in the Batcave, or what, like whatever, whatever locations they can pull in that are really cool ref references that explore those characters in cool ways. I think they have the opportunity to do that, and I think they can do that well because if there's anything Rocksteady knows how to do, it is create a really good Batman slash DC story. Wait, hold on, but, but, so what you're telling me, Buss, is you want them to just make a really good single-player campaign yes. game with yes. these characters? <laughs> yes, I am. That's what <laughs> oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. I want <laughs> that's to what do they that. could learn from the Avengers, okay. Because that, like, that's the thing I like most about Avengers, right, is like the parts the parts about Avengers that weren't the multiplayer <laughs> games and server stuff is the stuff that I was like, 
oh man, this is great. And then I got to the multiplayer live, live service stuff, and I'm like, I this mean, stuff sucks. I, I couldn't even get through the single player stuff for for adventures, and that's like I, I enjoyed what they were doing with the Kamala Khan and stuff, but it was purely just the gameplay. The gameplay felt so awkward and stiff to me, yeah. and it, it just felt mindless. And that's the that's the thing that I I hope this doesn't turn into is like in a on a third person shooter level, it just being mindless gameplay. Scoopball420 in the chat says, I think you guys are panicking a little too much. The reason it's taking so long is probably uh, they learned from Avengers and making big changes. We haven't seen enough actually actual game yet to judge. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And I hope but like, I hope that this is going to like do it right, that they have learned from Avengers, that they've learned from battle passes and games and services and everything that's been going on outside of even the superhero genre. Because there is good out there. And this should work. Like, we should look at this and be excited about it. We just see certain words and are like, we've been burned before. We, we know what these words m more likely than not will mean. I think mm -hmm. that's the problem. Ideally, we should be excited about an Avengers game that's this living multiplayer thing that we want to play with our friends and want to not end. We want to get more content. We want to keep playing month after month. So it's like, yeah, I'm rooting for this. I just, from my experience of seeing these things, don't have faith that it's going to be good yeah that's and that's the thing right we're going off of the history of what these kind of games have done for us right like having experiences like avengers and having having other live service games experiences that come out and it is us chasing a trend and us chasing the fact that other games have battle passes and not living up to that and my argument against that chat that is like we haven't seen enough is the fact that why haven't we seen enough the game is four, like how many months away four months away four, three four months, months away out. four months out i feel like we should have seen a lot more and we've seen like these cool trailers the cinematic trailers but this is a games as a service, and none of us know like how. Like how do we not know that already? I think that for me, that is where that's where my beef comes from is the fact that it feels like a, it, it almost feels like they're trying to hide a blemish because <laughs> maybe they know, maybe they're like, oh yeah, people don't respond well to this, so keep it until we're close to launch and then reveal what it is. But I don't think that's going to go over well with people that are expecting this game to be one thing and then the veil is going to get um, pulled away and they're going to see that it is. Oh, okay, so this is like Marvel's Avengers. All I right, also we'll just don't it. believe it's going to hit that date. You think it's gonna like get I kind of look at this and I'm like, eh, this like it doesn't seem like this game's actually ready. But I've been wrong a lot about that uh, in the last couple of years because everything's out. Like anything, prior knowledge is almost irrelevant because the pandemic changed everything and plans change, especially with where DC's at, where Warner Brothers is at. Like, good lord, who knows? Like, there's so much shit that could happen. This game could be canceled just out of nowhere. Just like, oh, taxes. And that you're just would like, be, okay, oh, cool. But uh, no, like, legitimately, like, we just don't know where this is all going to shake out. But I, I feel like last year, even with Dying Light 2, it's like, I would have... If you told me right now that Dying Light 2 still is sending you promotional emails and still isn't oh, yeah. out, it's like, a couple years ago, I would have been like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if by 2023 that game's still not out. But, hey, it came out last year. came out early last year when they said it was going to the third or fourth time. But when they mm -hmm. said it was going to. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets delayed. But um, I, I think that we will hear about it soon. I think that they will start answering all those questions. Here's what I'll throw out to you to respond to Connor's question, right? I mentioned the story stuff. Another thing that I think they could learn from Marvel's Avengers uh, on a gameplay level is... <laughs> this is gonna sound very simple making it fun right and not just fun in terms of like the game needs to be fun to play but fun in terms of you are you're you were working with a suicide squad right you got captain boomerang you got harley quinn you got king shark you got deadshot everyone's favorites everybody everybody's favorites but you know we're playing and playing avengers and playing as hulk or captain america felt like just me mashing buttons and like doing I mean, doing the moves that you expect me to do but not it not feeling worthwhile it not feeling like a 
that interesting of an experience using those characters in that game. I think there's fun stuff you can do with Captain Boomerang in terms of abilities to make it over the top, right? Like, they these characters don't have to be, be boring in the way that Marvel's Avengers playing as Captain America for me was boring. Make King give King Shark a fucking wild ability where I rip people's heads off with my teeth and like make it act, make the gameplay actually fun as hell to play and make it over the top and make it interesting. I think that's a, 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 a great way to start. I think event, um, one of the things I didn't like about Avengers were the amount of missions that were like, hey, guard this area, like guard this circle and just take out enemies within the circle. And it is those, um, basic gameplay setups that are hey, it's multiplayer, so let's find ways in which we can just give people ways for enemies to take out. I think mission design could go a long way when if actually putting thought into the mission design and making it a thing of you look at the screenshot and they have the chapter select and chapter three here says worst laid or yeah, worst laid plans. You imagine that, that they're going to be going through corridors, doing all this stuff. Make the make the moment to moment of the missions engaging and interesting, right? I think those are the things that are gonna get people in. I go back to Outriders, which is a game that a lot of us, for the most part, were like, yeah, this is a fine video game. But I think the thing that was fun about Outriders was getting into these different environments, going through them with friends, and, like, shooting through these through, through these galleries. Make those galleries interesting. Make those environments really fun, really interesting. Make the dialogue and banter between characters, uh, uh, again, really fun and really interesting. And I think you'll have something that people could fall in love with. I hope so. We shall see. Story number two, let's talk about Fire Emblem Engage with a review roundup. Right now, Fire Emblem Engage is sitting on Metacritic at an 82 and on OpenCritic at an 82. Uh, let's start with Brendan Graber at IGN who gave it a 9 out of 10 and says this. It's no small feat that Fire Emblem Engage is able to tell a simple but fun story that celebrates the vast history of its series in a way that doesn't rely on prior knowledge of that legacy. Building the perfect team of diverse characters and pairing them with the, the emblem rings of past heroes allows for tons of customization and strategy. And blasting through the enemy ranks with their special powers is always immensely satisfying. Both its main and side missions provide a good deal of a challenge and clever twists and obstacles offset a reliance on overly familiar mission objectives. Uh, couple all that with a suite of quality of life improvements that immediately feel vital and Fire Emblem Engage proves itself worthy enough to be counted alongside the legacy it honors so well. Jake Decker at GameSpot gave it a 7 out of 10 and says, While Fire Emblem's combat mechanics have never been better, Engage's story and structure lack the ambition of its predecessors. The result is a predictable and straightforward romp that that's carried by its fantastic presentation and engaging combat. And although the emblem rings add a deep and satisfying wrinkle to the battles, the heroes contained within them uh, are one-dimensional apparitions that leave a lot to be desired. If you're looking for a deep tactical RPG with some colorful characters, it will certainly scratch that itch. But beyond that, beyond, a Fire Emblem Engage feels like a safe, straightforward entry in Nintendo's long-running series. And then Mike Mahardy at Polygon gave it an unscored review but said, It can't quite reach the crescendos that Three Houses did, and it certainly doesn't achieve the longevity of Awakening, but it is consistently great. And is confident enough to let me take the reins. Tim Geddes. Yes. Have you gotten to check out Fire Emblem Engage yet? I have. I'm uh, just a handful of hours in to Engage. Um, and I, what the reviews here are saying, I, I think, is very in line with uh, my thoughts on it. I feel like I'm a little lower on it in the sense that uh, I'm not a tactics guy. So the games really need to grab me uh, in order for me to be like, all right, I'm here. And once I'm in, I'm in. Right. And Fire Emblem was my first tactics game. I, I always tell the story that. Um, we, people often write in questions. They're like, what's a game that you tried outside of a genre you liked? And all of a sudden you're like, wait, I think I like this genre. And Fire Emblem Path of Radiance on the GameCube was that for me. Playing Smash Brothers, uh, becoming, having main, uh, Marth and Roy be my mains, eventually Ike. I was like, I need to know where are they from? What is this game? 
And I ended up falling in love with Path of Radiance and it was, became one of my favorite games ever. Then when Awakening came out on 3DS, it was this big moment of um, the world kind of getting to realize what I had, that, that FedEx mind-blown moment of like, whoa, Fire Emblem is, is utterly fantastic. There's something really, really cool and special here. Uh, and Awakening to this day is, like I think, the best Fire Emblem game. Um, continuing on with the success that the, the franchise had, um, I really enjoyed pretty much all of the 3DS entries. And when we got to um, Three Houses, there was just something about it where they added, they went further into the relationship support side of things than I liked. I liked more the tactic side. And mm -hmm. it, it's funny because a lot of people seem to like that stuff more, which is why Three Houses is their, their favorite. Um, this game so far seems to have a lot of that. But like the reviews here are saying, it doesn't even seem as gripping where um three houses the idea of like going like, there's something about schools that like it's just relatable right mm. you always talk about loving the bullshit ass cw uh high school yeah. shows i love my degrassi like i just love that high school drama and like all that type of stuff and it like it doesn't I mean, even let me talk about persona too that, but that's what i'm saying like that type of stuff like i get it right like i think mm. it's an easy sell easy pitch to a lot of people um and so three houses i think does that well where engage i think is a tougher sell and um this is coming from somebody that has played many Fire Emblem games. It has a reverence for itself as a franchise that I don't think the majority of people have. Like, this game specifically is like, it's like a weird greatest hits game. It is a core Fire Emblem game, mm. but it's digging back in the past and you're like pulling out the, the, the emblems of these, these heroes from the past. And it's like, sure, we all know Marth from Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, you see Roy, you're like, oh, that's Roy. But then at a certain point, you're just kind of like, it's the it's the Smash Brothers joke of blue haired guy with a sword, and um, I th so far have had uh, some fun things where I'm like, oh, it's her or it's him from the different games. But I'm like, pretty immediately, I'm like, all right, I can imagine like the way that they're acting, like it's, you know, the 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 Glub Shido joke that everybody makes about Star Wars or Marvel or anything. Oh, it's like yeah. people lose their fucking minds in the post credits. Mm -hmm. This treats character reveals like Marvel post credits, um, but it's like. We don't know these characters. Yeah. So it just kind of feels a little bit weird. Um, so that's been my experience so far. But uh, in terms of presentation, like they were saying here, it's beautiful. And especially on the Switch OLED, the colors of this, the, the, the way that they line the characters, it pops so well. And um, I think more than ever, something about Fire Emblem that's been interesting um, since the jump is there's multiple art styles because we get the kind of like conversation pieces when the characters are going back and forth. We have the gameplay of them on the grid and then we have the the overworld and the cutscenes and all of that. This I'd say is the most cohesive that we've had so far mm -hmm. where all the character always looks the same no matter where it is, um, which I think is pretty damn impressive and uh, a sign that like the Switch has a lot in it when you do focus more on the art style oh, and so. things like that and for simpler games like this but the gameplay is tight as hell um it's fire emblem and um i definitely recommend this to people that are interested in um trying a fire emblem game but i would say that this is probably not going to be the best entry point for the franchise well that brings in this question from eric h who writes in akanafunny.com slash kfpd just like you can and says as a review embargo for fire emblem engage that's just been lifted today is this game a good starting point for someone who has no prior knowledge of the franchise i've heard many good things about the previous game fire emblem three houses which has piqued my interest but i am unsure of where to turn to as a beginner tim they shouldn't play fire emblem engage as an entry point what should they 
check out. Well, so that's that, we're in a, the weird Nintendo predicament where the answer is Fire Emblem Awakening on the 3DS. Like that game is fantastic. I think it's uh, self-contained enough that it is a fantastic story. It gets you uh, an amazing understanding of what Fire Emblem is, why it is, like all that stuff. Um, the problem is if you don't have a 3DS. There's no way to play it. Like, it's mm. just like a, a weird thing where, cool, it's now locked a generation behind. And I don't know that that's ever going to be solved. Like, I rack my brain thinking how they're going to present a dual screen on the, the Switch in a way that, like, works. Mm. Because that's just such a waste of uh, real estate of the screen. Unless they figure out doing one of the vertical things. I don't know. Um, so that's that's a problem. I, I don't necessarily think that this is a bad entry as your first. I just don't think it's the best. But I do think that if you go in with an open mind, understanding that, the moments that they're presenting to you as hype, just pretend they're hype. I think that that'll help you a lot. Like, just go in understanding, yes, they're celebrating a history that you don't know, but the people that do know, appreciate it. But I guess my question is, like, even to someone that appreciates it, I don't know that I appreciate it that much. Okay. <laughs> Tim, you know what I appreciate? What? Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, where you can go and you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about a sponsor. This week on Patreon, the next-gen crew of Kinda Funny, myself, Barrett, Joey, and Roger, did a fantasy film draft picking which movies we think are going to be the best reviewed, and we had some wild choices. This third one is about to pop off with one Jonathan Majors, because he's looking a God big, big it. boy. He has a Creed killing me. Creed 3, baby. He has a killing me, man. Go. Not even on my list. <laughs> Roger, how what is that not on your list? <laughs> Dune 2. Right, mm, like that's yeah. gonna be Our a banger. Yeah. We have Austin Butler. Wasn't he like a child star in something? Yeah. Zoe one. Yeah. Zoe one. Oh he's the, my god! He's, the, he's like the bad boy. <laughs> yeah. <He's> the, oh. <laughs> my dude! Oh, oh my god! My god! Oh man, I love that dude. Can we draft a like, movie DLC? <laughs> <laughs> trailer. Uh, I would like to draft an unannounced Marvel like post credit yeah. scene. Like, Head over to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny to listen to this and hundreds of other exclusive episodes right now. Of course, that was an ad for Patreon, right? We're doing the next-gen podcast. Tim, you know what I think about every now and then? Hmm. Is how good the shit list is I know. as a Patreon show. And we yeah. got to promo that sometime because I'm sure most people are, aren't are aware of the shit list or you know haven't gotten to experience an episode of the shit list. But episode per episode of the shit list is fire. It's just a fun Every time. single time. Yeah. Maybe the most fun I have uh, during a show on Kind of Funny. Yeah. And so if you if you feel like going over to Patreon, checking out a show, of course, check out Next Gen Podcast. Check out the shit list also. Yes. Also check out the Next Gen Podcast. But That's also like, check out that, the Next Gen Podcast. But also I will say, I think I've missed the last couple shit lists. And I've really missed it. I've really missed it. I know, right? There's been it. some bangers. It's yeah. been some bangers. It's been, let me tell you about the last list we did. The 10 best NES They'll games. They'll have to go to Patreon to figure oh, that out. Oh, man. Wes. Oh, man. <laughs> Story number three. The Last, of Us is the Last of Us becomes HBO's second largest debut since 2010. This is Peter White at Deadline. The Last of Us drew a healthy number for HBO on Sunday night. The video game adaptation starring Pedro Pascal drew 4.7 million viewers across linear and HBO Max. It marked the largest debut after House of the Dragon since Boardwalk Empire launched in 2010. The Game of Thrones spinoff made history last year by premiering with 9.9 .9 million viewers across Linear and HBO Max, the largest audience for any new original series in the history of paid cable. Period drama Boardwalk Empire, which starred Steve Buscemi, launched in 2010 with 4.81 million viewers tuning in to its premiere on its Linear network. The premiere numbers were nearly double the season two debut, debut night for Euphoria, which wow. recorded 2.4 million last january that series went on to average 19.5 yeah, okay. million that, viewers per episode yeah, that seems more aligned with what yeah. i expected from euphoria um man congratulations to the to them right like they God they damn. pulled it off and you know these numbers are extremely impressive no matter how you 
look at it, no matter what context you put it in. Um, talking about uh, even the House of the Dragon, right? Like a, a follow-up series to um, Game of Thrones, that Game of Thrones being one of the biggest media properties of all time, yeah. right? Uh, and even if it had the its last season and people took it one way or another, like House of the Dragon came in, people loved it, and immediately it was another success, and it showed that HBO giant, like this level of quadruple A, uh, can still fucking bang, right? And the fact that they've presented Last of Us as almost like the follow-up series to Game of Thrones, where we had White Lotus in between, their succession, like there's these series that people love, um, but they're not like the the big like everybody stop what you're doing. You have to watch this on Sunday. Last of Us is that right, and those are for a lot of people. But I'm talking about like this these Game of Thrones and Last of Us now are going to speak to I would say the majority of people that turn on a TV. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That have access to be able to watch this. They probably will. If you're a TV watcher, there's there's interest here, not just from the gamers, not just from people familiar, but from anybody because HBO's done a good enough job promoting Last of Us as a big deal and explaining why it's a big deal to people that don't already know that it's a big deal. Mm. I'm going I'm to approach this from the per- perception of or perspective of uh, a um, immigrant parent, right? Where I'm like, I look at this, right? Okay, you got the second most, the second largest debut since 2010. What was it going to take to get number one, Tim? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, there, is there a reality where Last of Us supersedes Game of Thrones? Yeah. And House of the Dragon is number mm-hmm. one on HBO? Yeah. Last of Us season two. You think so? I mean, that's how it works, right? You need to be a proven entity in order to, to come out. I mean, look, I think the euphoria numbers are really uh, important to, to point out here, right? The debut being 2.4, but then aver- episode averages 19.5. That's, there's a big jump there. That's that word of mouth. Hmm. Let's see where Last of Us is the next couple of weeks as more and more people start talking about it. And everyone's talking about episode three being like entirely game-changing and like one of the best episodes of TV ever. If that's the case, and then there's just even more word of mouth and they keep up the quality that we expect them to, yeah, I think that come season two, it's it's going to be a behemoth on their hands. And now, then there'll just be the the fight between House of the Dragon and uh, Game of Thrones, or, and uh, Last of Us, right? But, like, that's where HBO wants to be, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's where we want TV to be, is, like, having multiple water cooler moment shows that are actually worth it. Like, we've had so much prestige television television recently uh in the last couple years like more than ever because of the shift from linear to streaming like them talking here about boardwalk empire having 4.7 million viewers across linear um and well sorry sorry sorry. no that those numbers wrong 4.81 uh linear on cable it's like those numbers mean something very different right that was a Mm -hmm. different era that was a different way that people consumed content and that those days are over Nowadays, numbers mean something different. They're in a different league, and they're, they're calculated differently. They're expected differently. They're marketed differently. So with this, I think that Last of Us is going to be a, a massive, massive hit. And I think it's going to be a similar story to what we see with the box office recently of any time one of the expected big heavy hitters comes out, it's just breaking all the records that the one before it set. Mm-hmm. One thing that we didn't get to talk about during our Last of Us review, of course, youtube.com slash kind of funny. Go there. It's me, Greg, Tim, talking all about Last of Us episode one. We'll be talking about it every single uh, week, Mondays, 9 a.m., tune in. One thing we didn't get to is the future of the Last of Us show, mm-hmm. right? Last of Us post-season one, of course, season one is going to wrap up the entire first game. Where do you think they go after this? Of course, like, what, only two games to cover? Is it only two seasons? I imagine it'll be three seasons, and I imagine part two split into two seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. by the time they get there, 
maybe we hear a little bit more about what the future of the Last of Us game series is looking like. Yeah. Um, to bring this uh, back, I'm really interested to see what the Last of Us uh, game numbers are going to look like uh, in the coming months, especially with like the PC version dropping and all this stuff. I've weirdly seen a lot of uh, uh, normie friends from back home in Ohio posting like they're playing the game for the first time and they're playing uh, like there's a lot of people who are playing up to like what the first episode did and stuff yeah. like that uh, and there's a post i was trying to find it earlier uh, someone was like to all the people who were like why are they doing a last of us part one remake this is why yeah a hundred percent i mean yo like we like did i start it again yeah i did I almost showed Gia, I was like, hey, I want you to see, like, and she was interested. She was just like, like, how's the game? And I was just like, let me show you up until, you know, some of the, the key moments in the first. A, co- a conversation I was having a couple nights ago with our friends, uh, Danny and Ree, was about, was about Last of Us Part 1 and whether or not the sales for Last of Us Part 1 as a video game are going to be at, be as big of a jump as we saw with Cyberpunk and Witcher. Because the argument that they were making, and I kind of see where they're coming from with this, is the idea that with the Witcher TV show, you finish that and... If you want more of the universe, the Witcher games are telling a different story and are, are covering more of that universe. Same with Cyberpunk, where you finish the Cyberpunk show and you go to the game and you're getting different parts of that story. I think it's going to be very interesting seeing the numbers in terms of Last of Us Part 1 telling the same exact story as the show. I know the numbers are going to spike, right? A lot of people are going to come in, but I wonder if it's going to be as comparable as those other two. See, the thing with that um, argument, I, I don't agree with it because I feel like Anybody that's played The Last of Us and watched episode one of The Last of Us knows that they are different enough. Like, there's so much shit that isn't in the game, and we've played the game, there's so much shit that isn't in the show. Hmm. So it's like, yes, there's a lot of things that are the same, but there is a lot that is different. And it, sure, it could be a lot of little things, but a lot of little things add up over the course of hours and what you get out of the experience. Like, I just don't really – it's super high quality in both places, so it's like you're getting something out of that. And on top of that, I don't think that, the, oh, you just want more of the world. It's like I think a lot of people, when you watch something, if you like it, you want to watch it again. You want to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. You want to know what you missed. Like even episode one of Last of Us, there's a lot of things that first-time watchers don't know things that they're referencing or setting up. But if you rewatched it, you'd be like, oh, my God. Like this line of dialogue or this little thing or like this thematically ties back to that. I think that playing through the game after watching season one of the show will do that in a different way of like, you'll catch things that you didn't your first watch through, but because it's the same story, quote unquote, you're kind of able to like ingest it a little bit better and like more and like truly understand the characters and see the, the, the subtleties and the differences between Ashley Johnson and Bella Ramsey and things like that. Like, mm. I'm excited to see. Play, I mean, PlayStation's pushing it. Of course, they put up their uh, free trial for PlayStation Plus. It's a premium. PlayStation Plus premium members, they can go tra- check out Last of Us Part 1 right now as if they haven't played already. Uh, but, like, they're pushing it. I'm curious to see what those numbers end up like. Because I think the other thing for me, too, is Last is, that mo- Last is multiplayer game is going to come out sooner or later. And I think that's also going to be one that benefits greatly from having both the Last of Us Part 1 game and now a TV show out that people are, are, are going crazy for. I think that's going to be the interesting one of all right, can we put out a games as a service game that is covering different parts of the world that is yeah. something that you can play, th- play with your friends? So a couple other things I want to say about Last of Us here. Mm-hmm. An interesting thing to point out about the, the numbers, right? And I, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the numbers, and I forgot exactly what I said, but it was some dramatic statement of, like, by this time next year, they're going to update the Last of Us franchise numbers, and they're going to be, like, Insane. demonstrably bigger, like, by millions and millions and millions. I, I think that there is a big difference between The Witcher and cyberpunk and the last of us in so many different ways both just as video games as tv shows where they're being presented the last of us show is going to dwarf the witcher in terms of numbers 
It's going to dwarf cyberpunk in terms of numbers of people watching and people liking. Let's say all of them are equal quality. Let's say all of them are, are perfect tens, mm -hmm. right? Because I think a lot of people feel that these are all amazing things. I still think that Last of Us has a mainstream appeal that Witcher doesn't and that cyberpunk doesn't. So I just think that we're just dealing with numbers, right? And those numbers keep going higher and higher. On top of that, more people are willing to buy a PlayStation than willing to buy a computer and play games on a computer. When we're talking about the mainstream HBO audience, mm -hmm. right? Like, I think that there's an inherent interest, there's a higher likelihood that people will have a PlayStation. Specifically, when we're talking about Last of Us, that when to have a PlayStation just means PS3, PS4, or PS5, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? I think that there's a lot there that this, it's gonna, the numbers are going to be super crazy. In terms of the show going on further, I do think season two and three will cover part two. Uh, but the thing is, we don't necessarily even need them to come out with part three for more content that's official because of factions. There can't, like season four of Last of Us could be an anthology series. We don't know what factions is, factions. so maybe that makes sense, maybe yeah. that doesn't. But it could just be like filling out the world, and the quality can be just as good if we're getting like episodes that are just taking place that are character-based, which is why we love Last of Us to begin with. But one thing I'll throw in there, do you think there's a possibility that season two isn't jumping into Last of Us part two, and it is maybe an in-between maybe in story between one and two? Because, of course... There is that time jump, right? Ellie is in the second game is older. She is more seasoned, more violent. <laughs> Ellie um, and Bella Ramsey, right? I don't think it's just gonna immediately age up. I guess like maybe they could do it through makeup or like film tricks or whatever. But I wonder if there's content there that they can make that is just hanging out at Tommy's uh, and like telling a story that happens in between lapses, part one and part two. Maybe they run into a new faction or something, um, something like that. My gut says no. Mm -hmm. I. From everything I've seen and heard and the vibes I get from Neil and Craig, it seems like they, they don't want to create new story. Like, they want to, like, build from what they have, but I don't think they want to have, like, giant swatches of, like, new content. New content. Um, so I, I don't think that we'll, we'll get that. But, again, we don't know what Factions is. Like, we don't, story-wise. But they keep pushing, ambitious, they keep pushing that there's going to be narrative stuff in it that is Naughty Dog quality. You can adapt that. Much easier in TV form than movie form. Hey, man, fear the last of us. Fear the fucking <laughs> fear last of us. No, no. Fear the last of us. Story number four. Metal Gear Rising voice actor claims announcements in the coming weeks. This is Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. The voice actor who plays Raiden in the Metal Gear Solid games has seemingly teased that there may be new announcements related to the Konami series soon. Quentin Flynn has played Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 4, and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and last week tweeted a video advertising his cameo page. On Monday, a follower replied to the video, stating that the 10th anniversary of Metal Gear Rising would be in February 2023. This caused another follower to reply earlier today, wondering if a possible Metal Gear Rising 2 could be on the way, perhaps with an announcement as part of a larger Metal Gear showcase stream. Quote, stay tuned for things to be announced in the coming weeks, Flynn replied with a winking emoji. It's not clear whether Flynn was referring to Metal Gear Rising 2, a Metal Gear event, or just new Metal Gear news in general. VGC sources previously claimed in 2021 that Singapore-based studio Virtuous was working on a new version of Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Uh, and I, last year, I said that that was Virtuous's mission. Uh, VGC later reported that an employee at Virtuous had claimed it's working on an unannounced AAA action-adventure game remake following our report that it had been handed the MGS license. Modern ports of the original Metal Gear Solid games are also understood to be planned with a reveal for all the projects likely this year. Tim, what's going on here? I'm going to say nothing mm -hmm. until we see evidence otherwise. Like, this could be so many different things. Like, I feel like in the last 
couple years with social media's rise and not just rise, like just normality at this point, voice actors saying things, they might, they may know information. They may be saying things they're not supposed to. They may just be promoting that they're going to be at a convention. Exactly. So yeah. I think that there's a lot of, uh, I, the only voice actor that I've ever seen that actually like accidentally leaked things was Kevin Conroy, and that's because he's just like just so not in the know of like what's announced and what wasn't with uh, Arkham Knight and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I mean it happens. There, there's mm-hmm. definitely. I mean examples Norman, out Norman Reedus there. leaked Death Stranding. Yeah, Devil May Cry had issues as well. So but it's also, like the- Norman Reedus in the Funky Fetus isn't uh, typically like a, a video game voice actor, right? He that's also true. is someone who's just like kind of like he's Hollywood. Out of the like what's lo- what's lo- Kojima gonna do, to yeah. Norman Reedus? <laughs> Take away his funky fetus. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, with this, it's like, I hope we get some Metal Gear stuff soon. And there's been a lot of rumors recently about some Metal Gear something happening. But guess what, Bless? There's always rumors that there's something Metal Gear rumors. is happening. But I will say, I was thinking about this in the shower a couple of days ago. I'd like everybody to know. I was standing there letting the hot water just get all over me. How hot and I was like, it? you know what? It was. It, I like it pretty hot. Yeah, I like here. it pretty hot. Same you know, here. I like to hurt just a little bit. Yeah. And so I was there, and I was just like letting it hit me. And I like the shower head. I don't like the one where it has like the rain. I like it when it's like one fucking hose oh, goes me down. Oh Jesus! Like, Whoa, Christ! Yeah. <laughs> what in the world? I fucking love that shit. <laughs> the only person I know who uses that setting. Oh man, it's the best. God so damn. I was there, just getting like bludgeoned by water, <laughs> and I was just like, hot water, Konami's dude. actually remaking Silent Hill too. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing it. It's been rumored forever, and it's actually happening. Huh. I mean, did you see the news story yesterday? Nope. That they're taking pitches from indie developers. They're like, anybody who wants to make a Silent Hill, come to us. We're taking pitches. Right <laughs> who wants a Silent Hill? <laughs> who wants you to make a Silent one, Hill? You get one. Like that's that's definitely like that's what Silent Hills was all from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the uh, I'm just happy because I'm like, wait a minute. There's a chance that there's a reality that this could happen. You know, we've learned to never say never. We saw all three Spider-Man together in a movie. Anything can fucking happen. But it got it's getting to a point where I'm like, all right. Are we ever actually going to get Metal Gear anything ever again? And I think we're going to. Is it going to be from uh, our our homie uh, Quentin Quentin Flynn? Flynn? No. I don't think so. No. I assume that this is, uh, yeah, either maybe a convention thing or maybe it's like some him referencing another cameo thing that he's doing where he's doing the voice of Raiden or something weird like that. I don't. Like in a mobile game or something? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's doing the voice of a Pachinko Rising machine. Like. (laughs) Pachinko Rising. Yo, if they straight up, like, they're like, all right, the remake everyone's been waiting for Metal Gear Rising. (laughs) Honestly, I'd be down for it. I played Rising last year. That game fucks. Come on, man. Come on, I want three more. I want three more. Yeah, Rising's fun as hell, but like, come on, man. Maybe, I, uh, I hope they do a collection. I have faith that it will happen someday. 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 Maybe it, not soon. Metal Gear Solid 4 still can't play it on PSN anymore. You still can't. Yeah. It, it, and they pulled off those other games off of PlayStation. Um, plus, plus, well, plus. it was now. But yeah, PlayStation Plus, Plus, Plus. Yeah. They pulled off all, all the Metal Gear games from there. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, man. Just, just give me a collection. Give me a collection. Give me a collection. <laughs> Let me play through all these games again in a higher definition. You know what I mean? Higher resolution. With no latency. Performance. <laughs> 60 FPS. Oh, can you imagine them? Oh, the cutting? <laughs> the cutting and those robots mooing in Afghanistan. Those, those robots <laughs> mooing? They were mooing. God, man. Shout out to Metal Gear Solid 4. Last news story for you today, story number five. House of the Dead remake is heading to PlayStation 5 this week. This is Matt Wills at Eurogamer. Retro Spruce Up, the House of the Dead remake, is heading to PS5 this Friday, 20th of January, promising adjusted graphics and performance. Developed by Forever Entertainment and Megapixel Studio, which previously collaborated on the similar Panzer Dragoon remake, House of the Dead remake is an updated version of Sega's beloved 1997 arcade rail shooter, giving the originals, uh, giving the originals zombie-blasting action a fresh lick of modern paint or modern-day paint. 
Most obvious are the graphical enhancements, but House of the Dead Remake also features new audio, updated controls, uh, light guns are regrettably not standard for modern consoles, a new horde mode that increases the on-screen enemy count, a photo mode, gallery, leaderboards, and achievements. There's also support for a local two-player co-op. House of the Dead Remake released for Switch, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PS4 last year, and this week's PS5 version will be available as a free upgrade to those that already own the game on PS4. Um, cool. This is what I added just because, like, House of the Dead. Like, I, House I feel like the Dead, that doesn't man. come up. With, House of the Dead doesn't come up enough in conversation. I mean, I think it comes up the appropriate amount, but I'm with you in in spirit that I love the House. I of the love Dead House of the Dead. Man. I remember even when they started coming out on Wii. There was a beautiful moment where the the Wii was first announced, and we're like, "Oh, this is exciting! Motion controls! Like, can you imagine like a lightsaber? Can you imagine shooting arrows? Can you imagine this and that, and all that stuff?" And we kind of never really got the the fulfillment of those dreams in in a lot of ways. We had Wii Sports, and we had so much fun with that. We had so much fun, everybody. Uh, but then it was eventually like. Like, all right, what are we actually going to get from this that we're having fun with? And it was like light gun games. There was those Resident Evil ones. They're like, fuck it, here's a House of the Dead. I'm house like, yeah, this God, is fun. I played I like so much House of the Dead Wiimote. on the Wii. Yeah, so this is cool. You ever see the House of the Dead movie? No. I oh, that's an all-time classic, bless. It I is <laughs> legitimately one of the, like, when people talk about bad video game movies, they're mm. talking about House of the Dead. Uh, there is one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen in a movie where they're, like, on this island. There's killers. Things are happening. They're like, fuck, I don't, how are we going to get out of this? And they're, like, kind of trapped and lost, and they're looking for help. And, they're, like, this girl just starts looking at a bookshelf, and there's, like, a dusty book. And she takes the book. She goes, this book looks old. It must help us. Oh my god! And it literally is their like key to what they need to do. Yeah. Oh my god! It is. I love that art, Tim. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for whatever that next House of the Dead thing uh, that gets created is. But a new House of the Dead game is probably just so far away if oh, it ever yeah. happens. Uh, if I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> Out today, we got Gigantosaurus Dino Kart for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Farlanders for a PC. Mrs. Cat Between Worlds for Switch. <laughs> Surviving the Abyss for PC. World Championship Boxing Manager 2 for PC. And then Splatoon 3 version 2.1.0 is out today with a focus on battle adjustments. We got no new days for you, but we do have a deal of the day. Siphon Filter 3 jumps onto PlayStation Plus today. Uh, it's available on the Classics catalog for premium be, members. Uh, Gabe Logan? I don't want to be Gabe Logan. Let me tell you, Greg, so for some reason, Greg tagged me in the yeah. announcement for Siphon Filter 3, and I responded, I don't want to be Gabe Logan as the bit. And then the Siphon Filter, the um, Ben Studio account responded to me with, uh, I think it was, I, th- I think they just said SMH. <laughs> like, they were just upset with me. And I was like, no, it's a joke. No, it's a bit. But, uh, so funny. Yeah, no, now it's also true. I got beef with Ben, with ben Studio now. I don't know what to tell you. All right, <laughs> come at ben. me. <laughs> come at me, Ben. Uh, it's probably also because I didn't play Days Gone. You know, what, what am I going to do? Tim? Mm-hmm. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later and listening later on podcast services around the globe and on YouTube. Uh, somebody here is correcting Greg from yesterday. We didn't get rid of the you're wrong yesterday. People are writing in saying Belly Ramsey is 19 years old, same age as Ellie in the last part two. I understand that. I think it's just the fact that there is a change of appearance in Ellie in the video game that I don't think would happen naturally in real life I, I think it's pretty i think that they're i think they're, they're, gonna, figure it out, they're gonna figure it out their ages are down here production takes a long time she'll look great when yeah. it's time it's the thing i think about it's not like i don't think it's impossible by any means i think they can figure it out but i'm very aware and that's the only thing it looks like hell yeah somebody wrote in and said if god can defeat beerus and beerus can defeat 
Countofunny.com says KFGD for your dumb questions. All right. All right. I will not have that and you're wrong. You're wrong is sacred. Is that a dragon? Was that a Dragon Ball question? Somebody was writing it about Dragon Ball Z if God could fight Beerus or whatever. And listen, I stopped after Dragon Ball GT. All right. I don't know what's going on in Super. I can't help you. I can't help you. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Day, they're going to be me and Greg. If you're watching this live after this, is Elden Ring co-op with Andy, Mike, and Nick. If you want to catch that stream later, of course, you can tune in to youtube.com slash games. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every day live right here on youtube.com slash games and twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Till next time, game daily.